Farmers today are facing rising costs, volatile markets, and extreme weather. The Better Way to Farm podcast digs into strategies to help you take control of farm inputs and maximize profit so your farm can thrive for generations. Remember to take advantage of our free resources at abetterwaytofarm.com. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Welcome back to the Better Way to Farm podcast, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to growers to grow better crop and to make more money. I'm the Tyler Hall, National Agronomist for the Better Way to Farm team, here with you and three other fantastic men that are going to help me out in talking about helpful hints for your spray drones and how we can use adjuvants to make a spray solution more effective. So I've got my man, Chris, from Southeast Iowa, Brian from up in Minnesota, and my buddy, Preston, sitting beside me to help this discussion um, into spray drones. So I know that we have recorded some stuff in the past with you boys and uh, everything that you guys are doing. So welcome to the podcast yet again. It's great to not see you guys in person, although I'll be seeing you guys in person uh, very soon. But yeah, it's been fun traveling around all these two-day Fundamentals of Agronomy programs. So yeah, welcome in, guys. You bet. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Now, I got this idea from Karen. She sent me and Rod a an AgWeb article about the kind of the helpful tips for using adjuvants and spray drones. It was a pretty cool article that was written by Cheyenne Kramer, and she interviewed Johnny Roberts, who's a CPDA. I'm assuming the starting stands for some sort of director of application, kind of the adjuvant realm. And it was an an interesting article. And one of the things that all of all four of us know is that not only do we offer a, kind of a consulting package that has recommendations for you know nutrients and finding those limiting nutrients, but we also have a very stout adjuvant lineup. So those growers that are working with us, they can use those adjuvants in their spray solutions, whether using a a herbicide, a fungicide, or even if they are foliar feeding some plant nutrition, but we don't do a great job of promoting it. So I thought now would be a fantastic time to kind of talk about some of the things that Mr. Roberts talked about in this article and how we as a team have been able to work with those growers, but you guys specifically, since you guys have spray drones, how that you can make this all possible. So I just wanted to share kind of some snippets from that article that Johnny Roberts talked about some of the challenges that he kind of sees in the spray drone world as uh, as uh, popularity kind of grows throughout the entire industry. I know over the last couple of years, I mean, more and more people have bought more and more drones, but he mentions things like some of the challenges with some of the herbicides are, you know, a lack of agitation on the tank. You you know, those spray drones don't have agitation in the tank. A lot of times because you're using low spray volumes that you have foaming issues. Obviously part of the drone is the ability for it to push, I'll call it wash kind of out amongst the field. So kind of spray drift, kind of managing that and then droplet bounce or kind of lack of spreading, which I thought was interesting because I I know that I've talked to a particular pilot about spreading and the ability of our adjuvants to kind of increase the ability for that solution to spread was dramatically increased. So I guess, Chris, I'm going to start with you just because it starts with a C. (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts? 
Well, I think like you said earlier that, you know, we've got a line of products, especially when you, you look at our stuff and not only the adjuvants, but we're really, really high concentration on our products. And so when we're looking at these spray drones and looking at low gallon volumes, I think they just fit hand in hand. I know like just personally, we use the Rainfast religiously. And so, you know, you're looking at something that's one ounce per hundred gallon. It can be kind of a challenge if you get a hundred, you know, a hundred gallon mixing cone and you're trying to, trying to get an ounce out of the bottle. You know what I mean? We're out there with syringe, you know, measuring out an ounce to get into that mix. And so, uh, but you know, it, it's just a very, very small amount. We've had a, a drone the last couple of years and we do all of our foliar feeding on our operation with our drone. I've got a ground rig to do that. I've got a haggy, I've got high clearance, but the drone is just easy and it does a really, really good job. And so we just try to use as many of these adjuvants as possible to help us get that desired effect for sure. So. Brian, what, uh, what say you, man, when, when you've been out spraying, what are kind of your thoughts on, on using some adjuvants with these different chemistries and, and fungicides and, and foliar fertilizers? So I guess my story kind of comes to, I'm just shy of 14,000 acres. And I would say 1500 of it is maybe my own. The rest is all custom. So, I mean, I get all my stuff from the customers. I mean, what they have is what they want me to use. And I guess mine is, is, I mean, I've used a ton of different products. The foaming thing I think is the toughest thing to wrap your head around. What I've seen is a lot of these defoamers, you need foam before they can actually defoam themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you have it mixed up in your cone tank and you're pumping it into your drone, the pressure of it coming out of the nozzle actually makes it foam. But then it doesn't defoam right away, so it takes you longer to fill your tank. With our defoamer product, you can virtually dump it in your 100-gallon cone tank, and it stays defoamed the whole time. It don't foam. And I tell you, once you run out of that good defoamer, it's a bad day because <laughs> uh, you're wasting time, and it's all about efficiency. So, Brian, what you're telling me is is that most of those products are working more on a curative side of things, whereas the one that you use, the one that you get from us, works on a preventative. And Correct. We all, we all know it's better to prevent things than it is to try to come back and cure those things. Yep, because once you got foam, you can't get the tank full. You got to wait 30 seconds. Well, pretty soon you missed a whole round, and next thing you know, you're five acres down per hour. Time's money. <laughs> Absolutely. And that turnover time, um, switching between tanks is huge. Yep. So I guess I would just like to piggyback on what both of you have said and talk about how, yes, the drone does not have an agitation system and those pumps are very small compared to like a two inch transfer pump. So you don't want to run a lot of trash or garbage or off products, you know, a very pure and very clean product is of utmost importance because you do not want to have to spend time cleaning out your drone because just like you said, time is money and that's not something that's productive. So when it comes to mixing up spray solutions, you know, even as you read down this article, he kind of mentions, you know, maybe looking at more of an oil-based adjuvant over a non-ionic surfactant because you might get less foaming there or, you know, sometimes you may have to use a compatibility agent just because the volumes that you are using are are so significantly lower than, you know, typically, you know, the, the world we lived in, 
spray volumes were, you know, 40 PSI and anywhere from 10 to 20 gallon. And now you guys are pushing pressures. I don't know what actually a spray drone pushes for pressure, but the volumes are at one to two gallons. What kind of, I guess I should ask, what kind of pressures are you guys pushing? So the pressure isn't huge. How the the T40 acts is it's the the spinner mechanism on the the nozzle body, which actually controls your droplet size. So you can change your droplet size from super fine to a super coarse. Okay. And so if if you're having say drift issues, we got a product that I mean it's it's ounces per hundred gallons, and you can hold that that fine mist together if you need to with that. Yeah, that's one of the things that I learned in the commercial world when I I did my own commercial application. That was part of the deal is that I was sick of having to use the terminology, well, we can't use your product because it's a liability. And that would always drive me nuts. But I know now, after being in that world and kind of leaving the, the custom application world, because that drove me nuts, that using the appropriate adjuvant, that there are massive differences in some of these adjuvants that we would use. And I I guess to kind of add to that, Brian, have you given any more thought to just using our lineup of adjuvants instead of having your custom guys bring their own stuff? That's going to be in the price sheet this year (laughs) of using our stuff versus their stuff. One other thing that I guess I got to point out is is our stuff is it takes very low volume to make it work as far as product. I mean, our drift agents is an ounce per 100 gallons works. Well, a lot of other stuff or even say our adjuvant line or our non-ionic surfactant, that's also very, very few ounces per gallon or per 100 gallons, I basically should say. But when you're dealing with 400 acre days, if you're using somebody else's product that doesn't work quite as good, pretty soon you got five extra drugs in the truck because you're using them at a quart an acre or a quart and a half an acre. That's a lot more stuff you got to carry on your truck versus two 32-ounce bottles that you use an ounce per 100 gallons. And we talk a lot about a jar test, too. When you're running some of that other stuff, you don't necessarily know how well it mixes. And, man, just like I said earlier, you do not want to have a mess in your drone. And so to run a high quality product that mixes well, that's that's the name of the game. And I know that I've had and and Preston was a part of it. I've had a a few fun instances in the custom application world with a ground rig. But I'm just curious, do you guys have any fun stories of watching chemistries not mix or any issues that you guys have kind of come across that you could share with the listeners so that may prevent an issue for them in the future? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure you're probably thinking the same story, Brian, but I, uh, not myself, but my father-in-law, he's got a drone also. And uh, there was just a situation where we had we had several different components in the mix at that low gallon rate, and there was no jar test done. And so instead of doing the jar test, we did a tote test, and it didn't turn out very well. So, and then things got plugged up in the drone and that'll create some, some uh, operator anger there a little bit. So we don't want to do that. So do the jar test. I promise you it's worth it. And a little bit on top of that, last year I sprayed a fungicide with a adjuvant and everything worked fine. This year I sprayed that same adjuvant. Something changed in that component because the two didn't mix together properly. After about 30 acres, it started to 
curdle in the bottom of the spray tank in the drone. So yeah. it's more of a yearly thing that you need to do also. <laughs> yeah, when COVID happened, some of those raw materials for a lot of suppliers um, started to get a little short supply. So some of those other companies out there are starting to substitute products and they don't necessarily mix quite like they should. Yeah, and, and that, that one client that I can think of specifically, he actually had his adjuvant was left over from last year and his worked great. So it was, it was definitely something that they changed within this last year. And we keep talking about a jar test, but I want to make sure that everybody out there knows that a jar test is the appropriate ratios of how it's going to be mixed in the tank and also at the appropriate temperatures. So if you're out there running in, you know, typically with a drone, we're not running when it's super cold, but you want it to be the same temperature as it is when you're going to apply it. So do not do the glug method. Is is that what I'm hearing, Preston? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just don't dump it in and, and, and go. I just wanted to do kind of a, a quick hit on on tips for some of these adjuvants. And and I all I know all three of you very well. So instead of leading in with this question and kind of answering it myself, I'm gonna ask any one of you that that wants to answer this, but as the listeners of this podcast, as they get into, maybe they are just using their own ground rig, but as they pick up some of these drones and they look at some of the products from their chemical supplier and they say, oh, this is the adjuvant that you need. And they want to find out more about our products and what we recommend. Where would these listeners and and where would these clients go to maybe a, a two day event uh, to learn more about this? Oh, I'm highly going to recommend our two-day fundamentals of agronomy. We actually cover part of that in that program. It's a lot of science. We talk about a lot of why things, why a lot of things work and why other things don't work and what you need to do to be the most efficient with what you're doing. That's perfect, Preston. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Chris, Brian, Brian, do you guys have anything else as we close out here? Uh, do you have any more suggestions or, or tips or tricks for, for anybody listening? I would say the biggest thing is get a drone. Start using some good product. I love that advice, Brian. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, with that, gentlemen, thank you guys very much for the help in this podcast. I appreciate it. You guys take care. We'll be seeing you soon here in a couple of days, and and uh, then we'll hit back, hit the road again and start up on the two-day fundamentals of agronomy. So thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. And thank you for tuning in to the A Better Way to Farm podcast. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.